Hello and welcome to this episode of Unleash Your Inner Goddess with me, your host, Sarah Joyce Hindle. And today's episode, we're going to be talking about neurodivergence and how it can negatively impact your business. If you are choosing to ignore it, perhaps you don't fully understand it, or you just push through wishing it would go away. And this episode is going to be in three parts, just to try and keep it super straightforward and simple. So part one is what is neurodivergence? And do I have one of those things? We're going to go right back to basics and talk about what that is, because you might not know what that is, right? You might not be aware of this, and you might not be aware if you identify this way or not. So that's part one. Part two is how neurodivergences can affect your business in a negative way if you're not leaning into them. Remember, they can be useful too. Part three, how you can support your team, your family and your clients who may identify as neurodiverse. Okay, first off, it's super important for me as someone with neurodivergencies myself to build this awareness not just for folk who might have some neurodiverse traits, but for others who are going to have friends and family who have cognitive differences or clients and team members who need to be supported differently. So it's super important for me to build this awareness. So what are neurodivergencies? Neurodivergencies are essentially cognitive differences in the brain, right? They aren't deficits and the folk with these differences are not inferior in any way to neurotypical folk. And neurotypical is the term that people use for those folk without these differences in the brain. And in actual fact, these differences and the traits can give people with neurodivergencies a fresh perspective, often being able to give attention to detail and and their creativity and innovation is generally increased, right? This is not like for everybody, I don't want a blanket statement, but typically they bring in fresh eyes onto the work and into the room. And I tell my kids that you can choose to view your ADHD, that's what they have, their neurodivergency is ADHD, as a curse or a superpower. But you get to choose. And I want you to do the same if you already know or suspect that you have a neurodivergency. And you might have also heard the term neurodiversity. And this basically means to accept and respect all types of people as there is no one right type of brain. There are lots of different types of neurodivergencies and often they can overlap. So don't be alarmed if you feel like you have a few of the things I'm going to talk about today. And again, you don't need a diagnosis. You don't need to know for sure that you have X, Y, and Z uh, unless you want to know that, okay? You don't need it to move through life is what I'm saying unless you want to have that diagnosis or you want to go and explore that thing. Just a hunch or be more aware is pretty good going, okay? Because then you can start to adapt and start to see what might work for you and what doesn't work for you and really start to, you know, lean into that part of you, okay? So part two is all about how neurodivergencies can negatively affect your business if you're not leaning into them, okay? And I couldn't possibly cover all the neurodivergencies and with all the things that overlap, like I said, there's never gonna be anything that can cover everything, right? So some sources state that 15% of the population are neurodivergent, okay? 15% of the population. And out of that 15%, 50% of those are unaware, okay? So that's one in seven of us are unaware that we may have neurodivergencies, okay? So I wanted to start on that. 
and then just explain a little bit more about the percentages of people in the categories I'm going to talk about today and what I struggle with, okay? As someone with ADHD, someone with who is highly sensitive, and I also have a chronic illness as well. So just roll that one in there. Okay, so out of those who have been diagnosed as neurodivergent, 70% of all diagnoses cover ADHD, dyslexia, and autism, okay? They are the three main ones. I'm going to be covering those today along with being highly sensitive, okay? Because that's something I struggle with as well. So I have a habit of starting lots of projects and finishing very few, flitting between them, a bit like shiny object syndrome. I can struggle with visual and auditory overwhelm. So I can sort of shut down and not be able to cope if I'm not prepared for the visual and the auditory um, senses. I get overwhelmed really easily. And then I start procrastinating. I can go around in circles. I start doing things that kind of feel like they are productive to the task at hand, but really they're not. So like forward planning when I'm supposed to be doing the uh, immediate tiny detail. I'm inherently messy and I still yearn for order and tidy spaces because mess makes me feel overwhelmed, right? And I struggle with piecing tiny detail together. I'm much more of a big picture person. So when I've got tiny detail or small processes, that can be really difficult for me to focus on. And I'm slightly sensitive to certain fabrics. And although that doesn't really impact me in my business, it can be distracting if I've got something on my person that doesn't feel good. I'm also empathetic and I get drained easily. So different energies and different things can affect me, different situations, and that can really drain my energy. And then I need to go and find myself a dark room. So they are some of my differences and I've probably missed out a bunch there, but off the top of my head, those are the ones that um, that come to mind. And I just want to say as well, I want to stress that it's important not to stereotype, okay? So if you are new to this, new to uh, neurodiversity and neurodivergent traits and diagnoses, just know that we're not all the same, okay? So not all autistic folk are math geniuses, right? And not all folk with ADHD struggle to sit still. And I want to focus here on no matter who you are, how your brain works, and where you are in that journey of understanding yourself, I want you to understand that you have human potential, right? And that is an individual thing for each person. And human potential is the innate ability of every person to live and perform in alignment with their highest self, okay? So that's a combination of inner and outer work. Your journey to find your human potential and the end point are equal, okay? They're just as important. The journey is important. As I mentioned before, I'm going to be going over four main neurodivergencies that I wanted to share with you today and how you can support your team, your family, and your clients who may present this way. So the first one's ADHD, right? I have ADHD, my husband has it, and my kids have it. So I am very well-versed in in how to manage my ADHD. However, this is not an exhaustive list. There are lots of other things that might hinder you, that might, um, might you might see as negative in your business and your life. And there are gonna be things in the positive list that I'm gonna read out as well that I haven't thought of, okay? So it's not exhaustive by any stretch. So people with ADHD 
or traits of ADHD can have trouble prioritizing their day. So it can be difficult to know what to do first. It can be difficult to prioritize the most important things or the things that are going to take the most brain power. So quite often we can lean into doing things that we are interested in, that are easy, that we enjoy, okay? And in business, obviously, there's lots of things that we have to do that we might enjoy less than what our business is for. So obviously, I'm a business coach. I help people align themselves with their business. That is the thing that lights me up doing one-to-one, doing group coaching, doing training, brilliant, love it. Doing my spreadsheets, doing my accounts, doing the lead generation, doing the social media. Scheduling is not massively interesting to me. Uh, so I can skirt around that and I can like choose not to do that until the very last minute. We also have trouble, well, I have trouble especially managing distractions. So I can get very easily sucked in by a ping on my phone or an email that's just come through or I could be doing posts on social media let's use that example and something interesting pops up on my feed and that's it I'm down a rabbit hole another thing that can be negative it can also be extremely positive as well is the ability to hyper focus so sometimes we can hyper focus on the wrong things and with that invested in that thing that we we forget to eat we forget about all the other things and all of a sudden it's nighttime and it's dark you're starving with a headache and you haven't done the thing that you wanted to do today and as i mentioned with me especially i have a habit of starting these projects i have all these wonderful ideas and all these creative thoughts and then i start these projects and then i move on really quickly to another project and another project and another project and that means that i often end up with things that are unfinished and then I feel deflated because I've not managed to finish anything I've been really busy and use a lot of my energy and a lot of my time but I have nothing finished to show for it so that can come across as quite a negative and debilitating thing as well and as I mentioned before we can get bored so you know detailed paperwork routine tasks mundane things things that you didn't realize you needed to do in business when you set up doing the thing that you love to do right we also can struggle with poor impulse control so you know we are going, I'll just watch this one thing or I'll just have five minutes on here and then before we know it, we've not been able to pull ourselves away and we've spent 30 minutes down a YouTube rabbit hole. We can also be quite sensitive to rejection as well. So we take that quite personally and that can really hold us back in business, asking for the sale, building your audience, building that trust because you don't want people to say no or to reject your offer. Um, A lot of these can be turned into positives as well. And that is the beauty of these neurodivergencies. A lot of them can be switched to a positive, i.e. that superpower I mentioned, or managed. And you can create workarounds to build into your business to manage those things. A couple of positives. You are massively creative. Generally, ADHD folk are creative. We're good with conversational skills. And we have quite an abundant energy. We have quite a good energy about us as well. Again, this is not exhaustive and this is not definitive and this is not every single person on the planet who identifies ADHD. I'm just kind of bringing a full rounded uh, perception here. Okay, dyslexia. So people with dyslexia can struggle to read text, dense emails and uh, blogs, books, this and the other. And that can be really difficult as a business owner when you've got things that you need to read and sign and return and things you're learning. But it can also be really difficult as a client or a team member if we are if we're having to decipher uh, text dense copy and text dense emails and things like that and it's quite often that we make spelling mistakes so people with dyslexia can make spelling mistakes and that can really hold you back because you become self-conscious about what you're putting out 
there can be difficulty with pronunciation so being unsure how to pronunciate things and that again can hold you back because you don't want to look like you don't know what you're talking about right uh, and that can lead to low self-esteem as well so you've got that self-doubt that low self-esteem that worrying that people are judging you um, and that can also be difficulty with abbreviations as well sort of like remembering what they stand for and which order the letters go in things like that and sometimes with dyslexia you can have untidy or incoherent writing so people are going to struggle to read what you've written and maybe you're going to struggle to read what you've written as well um, which can then mean frustration because you can't move forward with the task at hand and sometimes your organizational and time management skills are not where you want them to be so you might run over you might not give yourself enough time to do a task you might be late for things so this is just some of the things I've picked up on in my studies of dyslexia um, positives a lot of these can have workarounds built in but some of the good things about dyslexia is that you are generally good at problem solving right um, you can focus on the wider picture and think outside the box and you've got a lot of logical reasoning as well. So a lot of people who have dyslexia are usually, and not always, but usually good at maths, uh, finance, that sort of thing, because that comes a little bit more naturally to them because of the logical and the reasoning side. Autism. So sometimes with autism, you can have difficulty communicating with others. And that might mean that you're not getting your point across very well, or you're, you come away from a conversation feeling unclear, and you're not sure on the action steps to move forwards. And again, it might be that you're unsure about how others think or feel and you need that clarity so without that clarity you're unsure if the person that you just spoke to got a good vibe from you or understood what you needed you know how they came across and what their emotions were you can be sensitive to outside stimuli as well so that could be anything from light sounds smells just general busyness making you feel overwhelmed and you can find unfamiliar situations difficult so moving into different spaces to network might be a problem trying out new things in your business you might feel unsafe and panicky and just not good okay um but the positive things are that you are generally dependable and you can retain information really well that's usually um usually something a lot of people with autism have the ability to retain information and generally you're You've got a strong attention to detail and you produce work that's generally about 140% more productive than neurotypical folk. Uh, I can't quote the study right now off the top of my head, but 140% more productive if in the right environment. Uh, and you're dependable with exceptional honesty. Okay, so highly sensitive people. So highly sensitive people can get energetically drained. So things, environments, people, crowds, social... Um, events can drain us energetically and it takes a while to recover. We can be sensitive to strong lights, sounds and smells, meaning that we might react differently to anybody else. And we've got high empathy, so we really feel for other people. We can see and feel and almost live other people's emotions sometimes, even if we've not gone through that experience ourselves. And that can sometimes be very draining depending on what that experience is. And we have a high people-pleasing driver, so we are constantly wanting to make people happy. Uh, and that can be to our own detriment as well. And that kind of falls into the next one of having loose boundaries. So we can sort of let things slide of, you know, for ourselves in favor of other people. Um, and we can have difficulty prioritizing ourselves. They all kind of go together, like the loose boundaries, the difficulty prioritizing yourself uh, and people-pleasing. But we do like to build deep relationships. Now, that is a positive. We are relationship builders. We like to create uh, valuable 
relationships and be part of a valuable community. We generally have a high EQ, so we're generally very emotionally um, intelligent. And being highly sensitive is very common with ADHD, okay? So if you're sat there thinking, hold on, that was me, but that might be me and that might be me. Um, Everything can overlap, obviously. You can have more than one neurodivergence. You might not relate to any of these things or just pull out bits from each one. But being a highly sensitive person does seemingly go hand in hand with ADHD. Um, We're really strong on fairness and justice. And about 20% of the population have... Um, you know, are highly sensitive, so are empathetic. Okay, so we've gone over what is a neurodivergence and how some neurodivergencies can negatively affect your business if you're not leaning into them. So I gave some positives and I gave some negatives, okay? There are workarounds and there are things you can do to lean more into your neurodivergence. And that obviously depends on what it is. I can't cover it all here. I'd be here for hours and hours and hours. And even then I'd have left out probably 90% of all the stuff that that you could know. I want you to, if you feel called, to write down what you think you struggle with in business and come up with three ways that you could work around them, okay? And you could do this with a friend or a partner or somebody you trust, or you could just free write and see what comes up. Even if those options don't seem doable or don't seem easy or don't seem viable to you, write them down anyway because it starts that process of thinking outside the box. And when we put these thoughts into our minds, when we then move on to a different task and we're subconsciously thinking about it, that is often when the awesome ideas will happen. So you might have a five minute to think about this and then go on about your day and then you're walking the dog three hours later and boom, you go, right, well, this is what I'm struggling with in business, but why don't I try this instead? Okay, number three, I'm trying to keep this succinct and short. How can you support your team, your family and your clients who may be neurodiverse? Okay, first of all, read up more about it. What is it? What are the common ones? How can you support your family if you know they have one? And how can you support people if you're not sure or they've not, maybe they're not there in their journey yet? Okay, and that is the big thing. And for me, that is saying things like, Does that make sense? Or let me know if you need me to rephrase that or give you an example. Let me know how you prefer me to converse with you. So some people are really good with speech. Some people prefer written email. Um, Some people like bullet points, short and succinct. How would they like you to communicate with them moving forwards? Another thing that's always helpful is to reiterate what, when and what is expected. So if you're working with anybody, it's really a good idea to go, this is what I'm expecting, this is when I need it by, this is how I need it doing. If it's a family member that you're meeting, it's okay, I will see you at X time, at Y place, see you then. Uh, It just makes things really crystal clear for people who may be trying to decipher what's going on through message. Um, So that is super helpful or through conversation as well. So it's always good to end on, okay, great, I'll see you at one o'clock on Wednesday. We now know what a neurodivergence is. You might be starting to think, "Mm, do I have one? Do I know somebody that has one? Am I at the start of my journey or am I further ahead than I thought? How your neurodivergence could negatively impact your business. Obviously, I only covered four, um, but your brain will be wearing, I'm sure, and you can start looking at ways to lean into those because they can be useful. They can be a superpower and you get to choose. You get to choose how you view that. 
And I've given you a few suggestions on how you can help support your team, your family and your clients who may identify as neurodivergent. Okay, that's it from me for now. I am very excited to share something upcoming next week with you that you're going to be really interested in if you found this episode at all helpful. Uh, So tune in then. Take care.